And one last request, everyone, please stop eating. Your chewing noises are making me grossed out. You're making me want to bark. Everyone, everyone, just take one last bite. Just take a, have a mute and a, a one last bite of your meals right now if you want. Got some sunflower seeds here. All right, let's get her going here. I got a heart out. Let's do this. I just thought I scared Art away, but I realized he just turned his camera off. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. Continue. Today on the Geek Up Podcast, glasses that can read lips? Yes, but don't get your hopes up. We have our first trailer for the Marvels. And Ahsoka. Part of Star Wars Celebration, which we recap. And we review and recommendation the Super Mario Brothers movie. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. Woohoo! It's the Zones Geek Up Podcast, episode 235. We record this on Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 720 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone. I'm Art Aronson, ghost here. Sorry. I am not hot mic today. Uh, <laughs> retired broadcaster, uh, stormtrooper. Hello. I was hoping you'd go longer because I, I just took a big bite to piss off Ryan! Paul. But then I was like, well, oh, no, know, I'm going to start choking. To piss off Paul, and you nearly sent me into laughing fits. He just goes right <laughs> up to the camera and goes, oh, with his food. And it was just so comedic. I put my hand up to block him from my view because I was at risk of, like, laughing through my intro and choking and dying. My God, man. Because then I forgot. I, I was like, I'm not Christian James, so I don't go last after the preamble. <laughs> no, yes. that's right. And you're... I don't know why food is so triggering for Paul right now. Mr. Spill's ranch dressing all over our entire Caesar dressing. Get control it right. room. Uh, Get it, it was right. Caesar. <laughs> it was Caesar. Because your mouth noises oh, are great. so gross. Now, it, now it's got anchovies in it. That doesn't make it better. <laughs> I did a spill. Brian has forfeited his introduction. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Quit eating. Uh, and um, I did a little spill of our Caesar dressing the other day. So what? Big deal. It happens. Everyone makes mistakes. Poverty's nerfect. Everyone spills. Everyone absentmindedly gives their Caesar dressing a little shake, and it splorts and splooges all over them. That happens to millions of people every single day. Stop making me feel bad about that. Stop it. Stop it, everyone. And stop taking bites. What the heck? I have no more preamble. Bud and Brian are both muted. Don't unmute unless your mouth is clear. I, do not I look just clear. Like I'm chewing with my, you, my, with my mic unmuted? Yes. No. Yes. I'm going to keep taking bites. <laughs> no, Brian. <laughs> Brian's just here for chaos. Ah! Can, can I get into the investigation that I did into last podcast? Oh, please. Wait. Okay. I'm Kirsten James. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it's funny that you say that, Kirsten, because the investigation was into your comments. Ooh. Oh. So let's hear it. As we were talking about my home native country of Thailand, where the White Lotus is season three is going to be shot. Um, Kirsten so eloquently put it <laughs> that the number one reason to go to Thailand is for the sex tourism. And You're putting later words on in my our, mouth, but I will allow it. Uh, mm, well, 
Maybe it wasn't Sounds exactly like that's why Mark Art wants to go to Thailand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my oh my! I God. thought Bud stifled himself from a dirty joke yeah. just now. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. well, she implied anyway that okay. The number one reason I would that's want your to go to conscience Thailand. talking, Art. No, not me. Kirsten, you literally said those words. Stop trying to get yourself out of it. Did it? Roll it. Roll the tape I back. Tr- I tried to lead into why he was going there because he's Thai, and you jump in with the sex stories well, and things. To defend Kirsten's honor. Yes. Oh, here we go. <laughs> she was a little weirded out by Bud asking why Art is going to Thailand just because yes. he's Thai. Is that is that yes. is yeah. that it? Why would that weird yes. you out? I was trying to lead into the, the that he's Thai, and so obviously, and he hasn't been there for a while, so obviously that's why he wants to go back. Why would you even take? Well, because I'm Chile. not going to the Philippines anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've like, never been to Brian, Italy. If Brian was going to the Philippines, would you be like, and why are you going to the Philippines, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Because he's Filipino. I would be like, oh, because I had a go? relative pass away, oh, and I, I really, I'm mad that you brought this up. Yeah. <laughs> Funeral one, sex tourism, a distant two, still on the list, still number two, oh but God. definitely, I know. And I, I, uh, I've never been to Italy, even though the last season of the White Lotus, the sex tourism was highly featured, prominently. The sex featured. tourism right. won, the won se- the season. That's right, won the season was the White Lotus. So, so what do you want to say here, Art? Because we we all gave you like a turn each. We had like four turns, four times opportunities to clarify that you weren't going for the sex tourism and you never did so you just kept not responding weirdly so I what admit you-, you did do that art that was a little bit weird yeah so no no no. so what do you want to say I, here well i was flabbergasted and taken aback and lost for words that's why i could not respond to that eloquently <laughs> Flabbergasted and taken aback and at a loss for words. Kirsten, look what you did. Those are some pretty good words to 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 dodge a question. (laughs) You are very much a okay. Let's let him government worker. (laughs) Let's let him say what he's going to say. What's Uh what's your rebuttal there, Art? Go. No, it's it's beyond the point though. I I think in my investigation, the point of my investigation was uh, was Kirsten insinuating that that was the main reason to go to Thailand. Or was she playing on something that Bud said, which, in fact, is both true. Yes, maybe slightly awkward that Bud was um, wondering why I would want to go to Thailand. Without I was any not wondering fact. at all. I was waiting for you to say, because I'm Thai, and that's <laughs> where I came from. I haven't been there for 10 years. This sounds like Art is uh, trying to kill time here while he brings up Brian's 91-second movie review. <laughs> I'm, like, waiting for an as such as still as such. Yeah, we got a heart, we got a heart out here, yeah. um, Art, but I do apologize that I made you feel that the number one tourism of Thailand was sex tourism, because I think the number one industry of Thailand... Is tourism? What kind of tourism you do there? That's oh up to you. God. Oh okay. my god! Okay, and finally, I mean, I'm enjoying this. Keep going because I've taken so many bites. Great. <laughs> okay, Art. Once and for all, now your 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 gast is sl- somewhat less flabbered at the moment. I would hope. So please, do you or do you not intend to engage in sex tourism when you go to Thailand? 
No, that is not the purpose of this investigation. This week on Pods Weekly Geek Out! <laughs> I love that. Thank you very much, Paul. Good <laughs> gravy. So if I say the words lip-reading glasses, what do you think? Uh, I think I'm not going to Thailand anytime soon. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. The, everybody else is just off the rails, so I will answer what I thought. Which was that you wear the glasses and you're able to read the read somebody else's lips and see what they're saying. Um, but it's not that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> these glasses are actually designed to read what you're saying. Okay, y'all are dying a lot more than I figured. What else is going on here? What have I missed? <laughs> Both Kirsten and Brian and now Paul... And Art's camera is off. They're all dying here. Oh my god, this is really bad. What is happening? Do I have something on my face? What? What's going on? What did I do? No, what did I say? Just tell us more about the lips. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So these are prototype glasses. It's a Smarty Pants Cornell. And how they do this is they've got two speakers, tiny speakers under the right uh, rim of a pair of glasses and two tiny microphones under the left rim of a pair of glasses. And so it's encrypted ultrasonic sound. So we can't hear it. The speakers shoot the sound downward and basically echolocate the lips. And then the little microphones on the left lens, they're gone again. They died again. They both died simultaneously. What is is this i gotta stop looking at kirsten's screen <laughs> paul you seem less dying about this but that you might know what the hell is wrong with these people no 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 oh god shut up I'm just okay i'm just gonna continue it's been, you know it's been like know. almost 23 hours since i had to echolocate some lips <laughs> oh shit Jesus, you guys. No! No! Oh, my God. But, you know, Would that I could mute everybody else but me. Oh, my God, you guys. Why do I... Oh, man. Not a shadow of this came up with Dylan and Jason this morning. What's wrong with you people? Good gravy. Anyway, Art started it. Truly. <laughs> You're... So the idea is that if you cannot vocalize, you can mouth the words and the glasses will read it and it's 95% accuracy, goes to your phone, and it is not that you could read what somebody else is saying because A, that would be creepy, and B, if you can't, you know, if you can't narrow down... Don't put a laughing emoji, Art! What the hell? What in If you can't God's narrow down oh. who you're listening to, then, okay, this is off the rails. Uh, I'm out. Coming soon. No, 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 no. Hang on. What Ugh. in God's name could possibly be the point of this? So you're in a, what, you you're in an environment? Speak, yeah, you can't speak. If you what, cannot because speak. Because of a disability? Do... Or because yep. you're in like a loud club? No, here's the thing. Because it's tiny speakers and tiny microphones, a loud club will probably overwhelm the microphones and it would not work. Okay, like so, that was the first thing that I thought is like this would be great for a loud club because then you could talk to somebody and they could just look at your their phone and see what you're saying without having to like scream at them or lean right into their eardrums to talk. Okay, so so uh, pretend I'm an idiot and draw me out like a really clear practical application here. Who is this for? Why are we doing this? Cannot speak or are in a quiet location and wish to dictate something rather than type it uh, or uh, give commands to your phone. So this is you for people. Numbers, think, what'd you say? 
So this is for people who are either mute, like he can't, like physically cannot speak, and or yep. in a library. Th- yeah, that's who this is for. Yep. This seemed like such a good idea at the time. <laughs> Finally, I think abuse. the idea that we made up for these glasses would be more marketable. Oh my god. Uh. Sorry, I'm just, it's true, but anyway. Well, what's your take, Mark, bud? No, what, what is your real take on this? Because right now I'm just, I'm like, okay, that seems great for those two hyper, hyper specific uh, uh, times where I would want these glasses. They're not for you. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's your take? Is this a good thing for people who can't speak? Absolutely. Any um, any accessibility like this, anything to sort of even the playing field um, is a great idea. But this little speakers? Yeah, that's how they're doing it. <laughs> tiny little speakers and tiny little microphones. You could hardly you could hardly notice them. It's a prototype. They'll get it down. And you're excited about this? I thought it was a really cool idea. Okay. Especially if you can't vocalize. Okay. Well, that's that's what I want to know. Thanks. I'm glad you approve. Coming soon. <laughs> The Marvels in theaters November 10th. Great trailer. Intergalactic remix this time around. Uh, and we get the crux of their, I guess it's literally an entanglement. When one uses powers, they swap with another. So between uh, Photon, um, Captain Marvel, and Ms. Marvel, when when one of them does something power-wise, whoop, whoop, they switch with another one. And so they're just popping in locations here, there, and everywhere. And it's uh, quite comedic. Uh, looks really good. This trailer surprised me. I wasn't sure what to think of this movie, especially after it being pushed back. But I was full in for this trailer. And especially, nice. uh, is it Iman? Is that what her name is? Iman Valani. She she was just a fucking delight in this trailer. I was Super like, delight. I cannot wait to see her with these other two women act. Like, I think this is going to be a really fun new dynamic. Yeah. And I wasn't the hugest fan of Miss Marvel. Like, I watched it and I thought there was cool parts about it. Um, but this it, and the back and forth, it looks like it's going to be really delightful. And Paul, there was like a kitty cat parade. Yeah, I love that. I uh, that was something I definitely noticed uh, as a big highlight in this trailer was that because I loved uh, I love Goose. I really love that cat monster from the first Captain Marvel movie, and it was mm-hmm. one of the big highlights of the movie for me. And so it looks like there's going to be more kitty cat monsters. It was it was incredible. There's this sort of like ah battle cry thing, and the next thing you see is a bunch of cats coming down the stairs. Yeah, it's pretty great. Cute. I got some more thoughts on this, but I'd like to hear what Brian has to say about it first. It was good. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel the exact same way about uh, Iman Vellani's performance in this. I'm glad also that we get her entire family back from the show because yes. they're my favorite part of the show was yes. that family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Iman Vellani, the actress and the character of Kamala Khan mm. um, echoes 
you know, how giddy I would be if I got to, like, <laughs> oh, pal around with those superheroes, right? Yeah. And, and like, we're a team? Oh, my God. Yeah. Captain <laughs> no, Marvel. totally. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, the one thing that's tough with these movies is, like, finding a relatable protagonist, which mm-hmm. is such such an important element, especially when you're in this, like, you know, fantastical realm. Um, you know, as, like, like, even in the first one, Captain Marvel, like, even before she gets crazy super powered she's like this super accomplished jet fighter which is very cool but still mm-hmm. not even all that relatable so i agree and i even even watched that that marvel sh- that show with her with kamala khan ms marvel yeah i haven't watched ms marvel at all but and still i was like yeah really enjoying um her as that in this trailer um, my big thought for this trailer too though was like i loved very much the dynamic between the three marvels um, I think that's going to be so much fun to watch. I think this is going to be a really enjoyable and rewatchable flick. But I just, I wonder how bumped I'll be. I think this, like, oh, you can't use your powers or else you'll change places. I I, I can just see exactly where that's going to go. And they've got to all get down with it and coordinate and learn to work as a team and all that. And it, and it just seems like a really... Um, manufactured obstacle to like in a, in a really gimmicky way to get this movie and make it interesting, mm. you know? So I, I get it that that's, you know, that's the plot device they're going to use to get these three people together and to get them working together and everything. But I don't know. I, I just, it feels so gimmicky to me. We'll feel I, it's, it was only a teaser though. So like, we don't really know exactly how that plot device works. Sure. Um, could be kind of cool to see. Like I remember, uh, like that uh, sort of climactic scene where they're all fighting the the, the one villain. Um, I was trying to th- see is like, oh, is the camera angle just changing, or like they each using their powers and turning into one another kind of thing? Yeah, because there was one distinct change, but then the villain was very obscured. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure who that is. It's interesting. Well, the villain it looks like um, uh, is probably because. Ronan the Accuser was in, um, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was the main baddie in Guardians of the Galaxy. And then he was also a side baddie in Captain Marvel because Captain Marvel took place in the 90s. Right. Hammer time, right? Yeah. The dude with a hammer. Dude with a hammer and the purple stone. Yeah, 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 yeah. So by this time, since this doesn't take place in the 90s, now we know he, spoiler alert for Guardians of the Galaxy, is dead. Yes. He's done. Um, but he is part of like, uh, a, a, um, a faction of like radical Cree, like kind of Cree terrorists basically. And, uh, I think what they're doing, I think his appearance in Captain Marvel had basically set up the fact that, oh, there's this person that's very powerful from earth that can fly through all of our ships and stuff. They got the hell out of there, like Ronan the Accuser got the hell out of there, and I probably like grew his faction of Radical Cree and one of the members, or maybe they'll even say maybe his daughter or whatever is going to come after Captain Marvel or doing oh. something bad that Captain Marvel has to stop, stop her. Okay. Hmm. I love that. Next up, Ahsoka. And we're coming to a bunch of Star Wars stuff, but... Ahsoka Disney Plus series, August. So, oh, oh, right. one thing about the ah- Ahsoka, 
Because, like, I've been thinking about this with The Mandalorian, and, and I, we'll, we'll be talking about this, I guess, uh, in reviews and recommendations about The Mandalorian and how, Ooh. you know, we feel kind of feel like it's not really as strong as, you know, as previous seasons. I always had felt like, and especially in this season, I felt like, oh, it's one of those, doing one of those things where it's trying to set up for a bigger universe and, and, and trying to set up or, or connect dots to even like the um, the Empire and to like the, uh, the original trilogy and, and all that stuff. And I, I wasn't really getting where it was going until I saw this trailer and was reminded, oh, yeah, they have other things going on that are happening in and around uh, where the Mandalorian takes place. Concurrently. Right. right. So the Ahsoka, the, the trailer really reminded me of all that whether Fair. or not i still like it i i don't know mm, there's really? an amazing couple of episodes with ahsoka in it mm-hmm. yeah uh i oh was so annoyed that star trek or, i mean wars celebration was even going <laughs> on because oh boy i'm just so so done with all like so much star wars stuff and mando is getting floppy and weak this season and everything but but that ahsoka trailer was looked pretty great to me actually. I kind of oh. gave me some some hope for the future for uh, Star Wars. I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll be a new hope. A new oh. hope. Oh, Mayo. Art, I'd love your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, look good. I think it was Kirsten that gets a caboose for this one. Oh. That said, Ahsoka was gonna be going after Thrawn. I think that's something we see in this teaser. I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> Do right? we know, like, uh, we we all know he's the gas, deal with right? Thrawn? Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. Lars Mikkelsen will be playing him in live action. Cool. And it's a big and, deal that he's coming to the you know, live action screen, right? Because he's been a part of he, books he and him. he's quite beloved in the legends and everything like that. Yeah. Well, and he voiced Thrawn in um, Rebels, too. For so many years, yeah. It's, it's very cool that they got the voice actor to play Thrawn. And I, I think originally when we were all like, oh, if they cast Thrawn, who's it going to be? Who he's got it. And Lars Mikkelsen, like we looked him up and we're like, well, he could play Thrawn. Like he's got yeah. the cheekbones. He's got, there's no reason why, mm-hmm. you know, good Thankfully, actor too. Thankfully, Star there's Wars no agreed. Why. Of course, yeah, we only get to see him from the back. Don't get to see yeah. how, how blue he is, but. The only reason why you might say no is because that's a lot of time to spend in the makeup chair. True, true enough. Totally. Uh, I am also curious to see, because I, I'm hearing a lot about Ahsoka, uh, Rosario Dawson, uh, doing all, like, really studying the, the Clone Wars and the wow. animation She's so to, cool. to, like, you know, to bring the moves um, that Ahsoka has been, uh, you know, so famous for in the clone wars because she has a distinct style of fighting and uh i think uh, rosario dawson's doing everything she can in her power to bring that to the to the live action screen so uh, i'm curious to see that and excited to see that uh, some other characters that they announced that are going to be in this so this is really uh, i mean i would recommend maybe you watch rebels before you watch ahsoka um you don't have to i'm sure no. they'll explain it what about clone wars? um no because okay. these characters are not from Clone Wars. Okay. I mean, oh, yeah, ah- okay. Ahsoka is. Like Ahsoka but, is, so but you, okay, so, all right. The ones of more so immediate Hera, concern? Yeah, so like Hera, who is played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, she's the um, Twi'lek. Um, she's only in Rebels. Sabine 
is only in Rebels. Oh, okay. um, Ezra, who's the one that like ends up with Thrawn, and that's who they're gonna go try to find and save. Only in Rebels, Thrawn. Only in Rebels. Okay. Um, so you could just watch Rebels, which I think is two or three seasons if you wanted Sweet. to. Now, Mary Elizabeth Winstead being Hera, is this nepotism? <laughs> is this nepo baby? Is Who this is she related what's to? It, what's What's nepotism called when you're banging the person and you're not related? Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't think that's a... Uh... Oh, right. That one. Right. right. She's, Ewan she's McGregor, married right? to Ewan McGregor. She's right. Ewan McGregor's right. wife. Oh. Yeah. So that, well, they got married sleeping? after the little thing? sleeping your way to the top, Kirsten? Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's not a nepo yeah. thing. Yeah. The nepo thing is definitely a kid thing. Huh, right. Anyway... So, yeah strange i mean i guess cool for her but also strange like i wonder if you and mcgregor was like oh yeah you should really audition for this and we can be like star wars royalty together also did you see you and mcgregor at d23 did you see any photos of him no oh star wars celebration with like yeah that, yeah, yeah sorry yeah. at star wars he has and i do not know why the most ridiculous fucking mustache right now i don't know if he saw top gun last summer and is still doing that <laughs> But he's like giving chimney sweep vibes. Um, oh my God, anyway. with that hat too. Maybe, a movie. Maybe he's doing a movie. I hope so. I hope yeah. he's doing a movie. Because I don't know what he's doing. Anyway. Chimney sweep Mary is the Elizabeth. perfect way to put that. Oh my stars. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is pretty badass though. Yeah, good yes. point, yes. Brian. Yeah, it's it's a bummer that we even have to have that conversation because she is so great in everything else that she does. Like... I mean, and then if we're talking about being related, like Lars Mickelson's younger brother created the Death Star. Aha. Uh -huh. Right? Yeah, exactly. What was, what did Mads Mickelson, what? Wait he a minute. He was in Rogue One. He was in Rogue One, yeah. Yeah, he was. Oh, kinda, right. He was the, Shit. He made the Death Star. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the casting, like, she looked awesome as Hera. Uh, Sabine looked awesome but older um because mm -hmm. she's a, quite a bit younger in rebels um the guy that plays ezra looks really good lars obviously looks like he's going to be awesome so um i'm behind all the casting all the casting announcements for this were really cool um and hayden christensen looks like he's going to be back which is awesome Exciting. i want to see more but i want to see more of him not in darth vader helmet i want to see more of course of him yeah um but I think he'll have to be Darth Vader at this point. So, yeah, I guess so. Is there are going to be? We're going to have Darth Vader in this again? Yes. Oh, it might be and, flashbacks. And, and. It, it, yeah, it might it would be, have flashbacks. To be flashbacks because this wouldn't this take place still after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you're right. It's got to be slash. This is this. Is, I was having this conversation with our pod friend Caleb Kirby about all the Star Wars content out there. I have a hard time when I'm watching all these shows keeping track, keeping track of where we are in the goddamn timeline. It's <laughs> and I watch a lot of Star Wars, and it's still hard for me. Yeah. Well, next up, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We finally found out what the dial is. This is in theaters June 30th. It's some sort of destiny-changing 
dial. Looks a bit like the golden <laughs> compass, honestly. Really Does it look like time travel? I really hope it's not time travel. Oh, you're so against time travel. Yeah, I, uh, mm, honestly. Because there's a line in there where he says something about, like, Hitler wanted to do this and wanted to change it back. And I was like, uh-oh. Like, it sounds that more sounds like, like time, time rectification travel. than time travel. But I don't know. May I, may I also say, in this trailer, and... I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's like the Guardians of the Galaxy effect where everyone is hot and horny for using a popular song when oh they put Sympathy for the Devil in there. And I was like, get that the fuck out of there. And yeah. then halfway through the trailer, you got the Indiana Jones music. I'm like, I just want John Williams. I don't yeah. need to hear the Rolling Stones. Yes. There, there's no, please allow me to introduce myself. Dumb, boo. Just give me the Indiana Jones music. <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree um, more. Like this trailer is 2023. We can't escape this yet. Like we are, we are in this era, you know, That's but the, the other teasers only had, sorry, Paul, the other teasers only had the Indiana Jones music. They didn't have some yeah. weird and also, also out of time song. Like if they used the song from 1969, yeah, which is no when kidding. this is t like, then that would kind of make sense. Wait, this is yeah. said in 1969? It's said in the late 60s because it's to do with going to space and the moon. And like, did you see in the parade, oh. everyone was dressed up like spacemen and stuff? Hang on then, because um, Sympathy for the Devil might be time appropriate. No, that's a 70s song, isn't it? Let's no, Brian. It's, it's pretty early vibe. Brian, am I right about that? 1968. Uh, yeah, you're right, Paul. Oh, oh damn it! Yeah, I'm a oh, it fan. can't be that old. I know, but uh, but I, you're still. But the point stands. Like I don't want that music. Oh, it's in so Indiana Jones because it's because you're right. It absolutely is. You know, like you you bump this back in time, and then it becomes, you know, in the in just in a time where you can rely on that popular music of the day type of thing. But you never did that before with Indiana Jones. It wasn't like back in the '40s you were putting the ba ba you know, in the movie or in the trailers. So no, it needs to be an Indiana Jones movie first and fit the feel and sound. And you're you're absolutely right. It's got to be that classic score and not 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 pop music. That's bad. That's bad. Other than that. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> also, what are they, stealing plot devices from Harry Potter now? This is just a friggin' time rewinder. Oh, the or time turner, sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, so, time turner. And then, yeah. and then what is it? Uh, is this a religious artifact or something they invented? Did an alien drop it? Did Hermione give it to him? Where's it coming from? You know what I mean? Like, ooh, ooh, I don't know. But I'm, again, I'm also this, upset. Sorry, all right, go ahead. No, no, sorry. I was just going to say that this is James Mangold, though, right? He knows how to take old heroes and give them a good swan song. Wolverine, you mean? Yeah, and Logan, right? He did Logan. Oh, right. Oh, okay, yeah. that gives me a little confidence. Good, good call, yeah. Art. Gives me confidence. That doesn't give, it doesn't give me confidence because here is my worry. Harrison Ford is like, no one can be anything but me. Mm. And so he had to fucking play Han Solo one last time. And he was like, no one else can be that. So now I'm I'm dead. We were killing Han Solo. Goodbye. And so now I'm like, are they going to kill Indiana Jones at the end of this? Because he is like, I don't want anyone else to be Indiana Jones. They've come out and they, they've said, this is it. This is the last Indiana Jones movies. We're out here saying this with Harrison Ford, but that's what they said. And so now you saying that art, I'm like, great. Are they going to make it like Logan? And he's just going to fucking die at the end. Cause I don't want that. I no. don't want him to die. Do you want Indiana Jones never to die? It's, 
<laughs> he'll just retire I just, and ride off into the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Just retire. Like we don't have to just kill these huge characters off just because we're done with them or somebody yeah. doesn't want them to be played anymore. I agree. Like the fucking last James Bond movie. Like that was quick killing. Just let yeah, them. Yeah, that was pretty. It could be the end. Uh, it could um, be the um, end and, and they don't need to die. But yeah, what was agree. your idea about how it should end? He just rides off into the sunset. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be a really good way for this franchise to end. Maybe uh, two movies ago, <laughs> that would have been uh, great. And then, and then just stop, stop that. On think a camel? Of, think of a new thing. How about that? Yeah, How about think of a new thing? Uh... All right. Next up, switching gears immensely, Clone High is coming back. HBO Max series this spring. No Gandhi. No surprise. Uh, but Mr. Wait. Butler Tron is back, and I'm very happy about that. Why no Gandhi? Why no? Is that no surprise? Ooh, Gandhi in the original run of Clone High ran into crazy uh, protests and um, controversy. Oh, really? Yeah. Because of the way he was portrayed. Yeah, like he was. Uh, he was. They. He was beaten up by a big guy, and India lost its marbles. There were protests. And um, oh, no. it, like, yeah, it was it was really bad. Oh. I think. What did they do? Hang on a second. Oh boy, I didn't know that had happened. Um, Lord, I always... Okay, so they didn't. Uh, Gandhi didn't come back for season two. Then there were two potential versions uh, of a season two that he just wasn't there. And another revealed that the character was in fact a clone of actor Gary Coleman all along, and the show continued <laughs> as normal. <laughs> I did not remember that. That's but anyways, funny. no Gandhi, but uh, Mr. Butledron is back. And um, yeah, it's it's like a lot of these uh, modern reboots where same characters, same kind of attitude, but now there are drones. You know what I mean? Now there are smartphones. So it'll be interesting to see how much they lean on that. Yeah, some of the voices didn't sound quite right to me. Like JFK especially was like... Not as I remember it. And, oh, yeah, but, okay, yeah, sure, this might be good for a a chuckle when we're all high late at night eating Cheetos or whatever, you know? And finally, before we get into Star Wars Celebration Europe recap, Star Wars colon Visions Volume 2, nine-part Disney Plus animated series, of course, dropping May the 4th. Looks really good. It does look really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish that I watched more of the uh, first season of this that came out because it, it was, it looked, yeah, looked good. It's very interesting, different. I agree. Like, because I didn't finish it either, but it's, no. it's right up my alley. Like, I love mm-hmm. an Animatrix. I love a Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, I love the idea of this uh, Star Wars vision. So I actually got around to finishing it. Yeah, 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 same. I love that you you give these elements and ideas to different creative people and let them put their style all over it. I think that's great. But it just didn't hook me to watch past, you know, like episode and a half type of thing. Um, I just found that just went on a little too long. And I was just like, ah, I got to see what else is on. Yeah, yeah. Geek News Proper. I almost call this like Star Wars news proper, but there's only a, there's there's just a few things we've covered some of them, and uh, we'll cover some more. Like there's the Ahsoka trailer and the Star Wars visions, and but I mean, kind of the bigger news is that there will be three new Star Wars movies coming, and Ray Daisy Ridley will return in some way, shape, or form. 
and this is controversial. Who asked for this? <laughs> yes, this is boo art. Boo, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, this is controversial, I think. Uh, I think I, I was always okay with Daisy Ridley, but it would have been nice to just see that kind of end, you know? Because um, I don't think anybody loved the way it went with Ray, but I think Daisy Ridley is good, and maybe with the proper story, someone could figure this out because she has talent. That's that's the only like good spin that I could put on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I Paul want has it. like a weird love affair with Ray. So like, I don't know, Paul, are you happy? No, I think that the last the last two movies with Ray completely ruined all the potential from Force Awakens. Yeah, I yeah. loved Ray in the Force Awakens. I thought she was so good. I thought Daisy Ridley was so fun to watch. I loved her in those in that one movie. And then yeah, just the character became so bad. Um, I don't know what happened. I, I just don't know. Ryan um, Johnson. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of right. You're, you're, I, as much as I stand up for Last Jedi, oh, I don't know. It just it kind of it kind of bunged up the Ray's character, and then and then because of all the backtracking and and whatever else that J.J. Abrams had to do in the last one, there it just didn't work. Oh, it was a bummer. You- you guys are bringing up good points here because it's it leaves a sour taste in our mouth, and that's all that we can think about is this this last series. Which let's be honest, it's horrible, and I I would put it's a the prequels ahead of ahead of these movies. No, no, let's Ooh. not get that wild there. That's crazy talk, that, man. Oh boy, are, really? It? Think about is what it? you're Oh, oh, at this. least Revenge of the Sith. Oh, Revenge of the Sith is good. <laughs> I love this. Yes, this yes it is. So it's not that crazy, Paul. It's not that crazy. I wish, like, I think it's cool that they're bringing back some of the characters. Like, I wish if they were going to tell these three stories, because as far as I understand, they are not connected because they are not making the same mistake again, where they're giving these three stories to three different directors. Or are mm. they, bud? Yeah, I think they are. Oh yes, they are actually. One second, let me. <laughs> but bring they're not that up. connected. This isn't like a proper trilogy that tells an overarching story. It's yeah, just and that's what I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah. sure, yeah, yeah. No, d- different movies, but like James Mangold. Here we go. You know, yeah. uh, Dave Filoni and Charmino Bade Shinoy. Yeah, but they're not. I think that they are individual stories. So it it would be cool. Like I don't think Daisy Ridley is needed. Um, but I see why they're bringing her back. But I wish they would bring a, a John Boyega and Finn back. Because of course, yeah. I think they really fucked up there with a really cool story and just pushed him off to the side. And I feel bad, like even John Boyega, right? Like he's come out and talked about his treatment at Disney. And I just wish... I think there's a cool story there, and that is maybe a more interesting story to me than Ray being a weird, whatever the fuck she is, Palpatine. So, Charmina Bechenoy's story for Daisy Ridley will be her building the new Jedi Order. 
Uh, James Mangold's film will be about the dawn of the Jedi and Dave Filoni's will be about the New Republic and, quote, will close out the interconnected stories told in The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, oh. and other Disney Plus series. Yeah, I find that actually quite interesting. That is quite interesting. interesting that Filoni, Yeah, Filoni's just like flailing and Filoniing, and then they're going to let okay. him wrap that this whole thing up, this... You know, this Mandalorian, what they started with the Mandalorian and keep, yeah. keep chugging out with these movies here or these TV shows, including Ahsoka and all that. And then they're just going to let him wrap it up in one movie. So that's pretty good. Dawn of yeah. the Jedi Order. Okay. Very neat. That could be, you know, completely so far away timeline wise from all the crap we've been seeing and seeing and seeing. That's interesting. I'm interested in that. The Ray movie. That's the one that is, I'm just like, boring. What is this Jedi Order? What is like a, a high school for Jedis? And, the, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing we, it doesn't, it was always so boring to see. You, you always heard about, you know, after Return of the Jedi came out and there was all books about it. And you just, you'd be like, uh, after Luke Skywalker has the most incredible adventure and blows up two Death Stars and redeems his father and does this great thing in this trilogy of movies, he goes on to be a high school teacher. And you're just like, oh, that's so boring. I don't care about that at all. Don't write a book about that. Who could possibly care? So and it, now, now it just seems like they're like, oh yeah, well we'll do that, but with Ray and it's, that, that'll be the movie. How boring! Now the thing about the Ray movie too is that, and it's something that I'm that I found in the Obi Wan show, is that like in hindsight when you look back and you're like, oh boy, the movies we put out were absolute trash. What should we do? I know. Let's keep meat grinding out hot trash and that will if it's a bit better and it, it's more fan servicey and we give the fans exactly spoon feedy what they want then that will in hindsight make the thing better and we'll have more content that's that's you know what i feel is really going on with the obi-wan show everyone was so mad at the prequels we just wanted to see darth vader and obi-wan fight and so you give us this low budget straight to tv version of that on the obi-wan show and 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 for some people for for kirsten and art it sounds like that redeems the quality of the prequels but for no, i kind of no, disagree i kind of Sorry, go ahead. But for me... I was just going to say, doesn't redeem them. The prequels aren't that bad in hindsight. I always thought that Revenge of the Sith was a good movie and better than maybe some of the newer ones. Um, Yeah, no, it didn't redeem the original trilogy. The original trilogy is not as bad as everyone remembers. But that's just the feeling I I guess. It's like, oh, that was a mistake. That's what we're learning. What? What are we learning? That's what we're learning. We're learning that there isn't that much hate for the prequels. I think that's what we're learning. No. I think it's that they just keep on mm-hmm. just just cranking this stuff out. Oh, we made a mistake with Ray. That's not what you wanted from Ray. Okay, all right. Well, we'll make another one then. We'll just keep on cranking the stuff out. As long as Daisy Ridley is happy to come back. As long as, um, as Obi-Wan and, and Ewan McGregor is happy to come back. We'll just keep cranking it out. And that'll make it better, right? It's just all, It'll all just even out. It'll be better. Okay, great. A couple other pieces of news. Uh, Donald Glover is in talks to return as Lando Calrissian. Uh, He says this in an interview in GQ, quote, Lando is definitely somebody I'd like to hang out with. I mean, we're talking about it. That's as much as I can say, you know, without Kathleen Kennedy hunting me down. So um, that, as rumors and hearsay go, sounds okay. 
sounds like mm-hmm. there's some possibility there. A couple of other highlights. The Bad Batch is getting a third and final season. There's more Tales of the Jedi on the way. They showed the first season two footage from Andor. Oh. Uh, the Acolyte. Um, they revealed a uh, first look. And yeah, that's, uh, there was, it was lots of stuff. There's one article that we linked to in the show notes where you can pour through it all if you like. I will say that after Star Wars Celebration, a little part of me agreed with Paul uh, when he has been like, there's too much, too much Star Wars. Stop putting it out. And I've always been like, feed it to me. Just open my mouth (laughs) and and put it down a thing into my mouth. Um, I don't care what it is. But after Star Wars (laughs) Celebration, I was kind of like, maybe there's too much now. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Paul's a little right. A little <laughs> Paul, right. Maybe you're a little right. Thank you. In celebration of that, I'd like to feast on your liver in a foie gras style that's been fattened up by too much Star Wars, Kirsten. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Well, Sorry, right? Man. That's what you're saying. I see uh, much like going. we heard last week uh, with uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, speaking of Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Stranger Things has a- ordered an animated, uh, as an animated series ordered at Netflix. This is way pre-production, so we don't know. We will, and we will not know anything about it for a while. But that's interesting. That is a little bit interesting. How many strange things can happen? <laughs> there in animation. Art was here. <laughs> will that make me keep my Netflix account? We will see. We will see. Yeah, as Rogers. the uh, as the kids get older and uglier, Netflix is counting on that animation, and they can just keep on <laughs> pumping out. Because I mean, even that last season of Netflix, right? Or I mean, of uh, yeah, it does feel like the <laughs> last, last season, season of, of Netflix. Netflix. Good Freudian slip, right there, Paul. Uh, yeah, but you know, but there was a lot of interest in that last season of Stranger Things, right? As as much as it should be winding down, and the kids are getting older and want to do different things, and 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 Art keeps saying that line. Um, um, <laughs> people, there's still the interest there. But that's the brilliance of things like this in the Scott Pilgrim anime is that, you know, the voices don't change anywhere near as much as the outer appearance. And that's what people dwell on. So, yeah, cartoon them up. Yeah, but but the, like, the, the interest is never there as much for animated things. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, it'll be a different audience, certainly. Yeah, like a, a segment, a percentage of the Stranger Things audience at large. Yeah, that yeah, sounds if, about right. If they're successful on this, uh, already I marvel that they've been able to do five seasons. I thought it was done after one season. Yeah, when <laughs> so. you think about it, that's <laughs> wild. Yeah. Rogers, colon, the musical will premiere June 30th for a limited time at Disney California Adventure. That's very exciting. I, uh, I, I'm not going, so I will hopefully, it will hopefully, uh, appear on Disney Plus and they'll, they'll It's gotta it. be a Christmas be special that they release yes. it, like, oh, at Christmas. Yes. It has to be. Oh, that'd, that'd be, great. be great. Yeah. Do it for and, Renner. Yeah, do it for Renner. We're gonna come back to Renner. And finally, The Pirate Bay. This will be a Swedish, uh, The Pirate Bay came from Sweden, um, popular torrent site, which is no longer around in case you didn't know. Uh, Swedish six-part series. Uh, it's only in pre-production. And one of the people behind it is Be Real Films, which is not the app. This is Be Real. And I only bring this up because Be Real did Midsummer. 
So with that in mind, it'll be interesting to see what sort of narrative and creative angles they can put on the story. Wouldn't it be cool if they did like a special premiere of the first episode through a torrent site? Oh my god! (laughs) I kind of love that. Oh wow. Or they invite all like the the people that upload and download on torrent sites to a special premiere and then get say gotcha bitch you're under right <laughs> <laughs> that's how the fbi finally exactly. gets them all <laughs> see this movie gets secretly arrested <laughs> watch oh, the new season of uh watch the new season of stranger things here after as well yep yep well, we have got we've got a a moment of your time please uh, listener mailbag Zoner Bryce says, I'm a little off from when the Heartstopper bandwagon left the station, but now that I've watched the show on Netflix, I'm obsessed with it. It is so wholesome. Probably the most wholesome thing I've seen on TV for a long time. I don't know if anybody has seen the trailers or seen this show, Heartstopper. Uh, It does look pretty adorable. Uh, Bryce continues that the LGBTQ representation is unlike anything we've seen. Uh, Pretty much every group gets represented in a positive light the entire time, which is fantastic. And if you want a show that will make you simply feel just happy after watching it, then this is what you're looking for. Um, definitely a show we need in these times we live in now. He says he can't wait for seasons two and three. Yeah, just watch the trailer as I put together this cue sheet, and I, I a couple times I'm like, aww. So it's just, yeah, it's very sweet. The tagline is boy meets boy, and it's uh, it sounds aww. and looks. Exactly, right? Oh, man, it's yeah, so, oh, it's really it's so cute. cute. Aww. All right, that's it for Listener Mailbag. We are on to reviews and recommendations, starting with Brian's 91-second movie review of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, yes. <clears throat> yes, as uh, such. Uh, Art, did you have... To, no, I thought you had uh, something to say about... Uh, if you wanted to do that about uh, Mario. Hmm? Art, Art, go ahead. What? Art, uh, did, you, did you have something you were saying as such about this? I liked it. <laughs> Good review, Art. Thank you. Yeah, no. A Zone at 91.3, 91-second movie review. 5, 4, 3, 2, and... Action! Like the game, the Super Mario Brothers movie jumps straight into a world of adventure with little time wasted. Did I have fun watching it? Yes, I did. Will I ever watch it again? Probably multiple times. Did I find it to be a good movie? Well, here's the thing. Going by the standards of what I define to be a traditional movie, decent story, gripping conflict, well-rounded character arcs, I honestly can't say that it is. But unlike other movies that don't meet that criteria, I really don't regret buying a ticket to this. The Super Mario Brothers movie can be worth the price of admission if you can accept an important fact that it's not really meant to be a conventional movie. It really had two purposes, to entertain the kids and to appease super fans with references and easter eggs that'll take more than one watch for everything to be spotted. The Super Mario Brothers movie is the paradigm of a class of films we could start referring to as cinematic events over actual movies. In reality, the film was a 92-minute docket of fan service moments. It jumped from sequence to sequence with very little room to develop a story. And normally that would upset and disappoint me as a viewer, but I laughed several times, was thoroughly entertained by the action, and was left wanting more. So, in essence, the Mario Brothers got the job done. Now, if I could change one thing about the story to make it a bit more interesting, I would have loved to have shifted the focus a little bit more towards the main villain, Bowser. Because of how well Jack Black both voiced and, in a sense, remolded the character, it would have been really fun to pivot the story a bit more in his direction, similar to Dr. Evil in the Austin Powers films. But I'm sure we could one day see that, as this cinematic version of the Mario Brothers has the potential to warp into a giant film franchise, even though it's really just a shell of a movie. Cut! That's a wrap! 
Oh my god, masterful Brian! Oh my god. You can get all of Brian's beautifully pun-filled 91-second movie reviews at thezone.fm slash movies. Well the, shell thing, the shell thing is thanks to Art. There you go. Thank you, he, Art. He said something about shell when we were outside of the uh, movie theater. And Brian's like... I was like, better write that down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it's a great review. I totally agree. I, I, um, if they would have done that, and I bet, I bet you there were conversations hmm. where they were like, there should be more Bowser. You know, I like somebody with good taste was probably watching that movie and been like, the best thing is Bowser for sure. Like, <laughs> like that's all yeah. the internet is talking about now. Like, you know, there are a lot of reviews online where, who are not nearly as charitable as you are about this movie, Brian. And, yeah. But but the universally praised and uh, enjoyed element is Jack Black as Bowser. Mm-hmm. And so they probably said, like, well, maybe we should put more Bowser in this movie. And uh, I think that if they would have done it any more than they did, it just would have felt very weird. And and then the criticism would have been like, what the hell is this, the Super Bowser Brothers movie? Mm. Right. You know? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like as much as Awesome Powers did play with Dr. Evil a lot, yeah, I don't know. With, with a kid's movie, you can't really do that. Yeah. Well, and the thing, like, like I was saying, this is the first of – Probably many Super Mario Brothers movies, especially with the box office opening weekend. Yeah. Um, $204 like, million United yeah. States dollars. Like, I'm calling it now. We're going to get a Luigi's Mansion movie. Oh, uh, yeah. love. Yeah. You know, and we, we could get a movie that's mainly focused on Bowser. Yeah, that's true. One that, day. That would be interesting for sure. Yeah. Like the Tomato. So, sorry, the sorry, Tomato Meter. Has the critical reviews at 57%, looking terrible. But the audience score is 96. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, should we get into it a little yeah. bit here? I mean, what do we all yeah. what do we all reckon and think about this thing? Yeah, so uh, I just want to go one more thing with Brian's review here, because this is what I've heard most of the critics saying. is like, the story was thin. There was no story, blah, 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 story plot. Mm-hmm. I didn't find that. I did not find this lack of plot that that brian that you experience and that a lot of the critics are experiencing um i've thought that it had exactly the right amount of plot which is they go to this they they want to save brooklyn they want to be big whatever they end up in this magical land they're separated the plot is Mario needs to find Luigi, mm-hmm. and to do that, he has to team up with Peach, who need to get this thing together to defeat Bowser. Like, that's a plot of any movie. Absolutely. I could be like, Lord of the Rings has no plot. All it is is some guy has to take a ring back to the volcano it was made in. <laughs> Describe like, a movie in the most boring way possible, right? But, but, um, but, like, I'm not yelling at, at you, Brian, in your review, because this is what lots of the critics are saying about this movie. And I just, I, I, I appreciate that in your review, you were like, this is, they could have put more Bowser in, but what, what extra plot elements? It's not missing? so much plot elements like it. Cause like for me, the, what I describe as the lack of plot is actually not surprising because Mario, the, the Mario video games don't have a whole heck of a lot of plot to begin with, because really the point of it is to get from level to level, mm-hmm. right. And beat the boss and, and, and get to the next level. 
that's kind of how this played out. Like the difference between, say, like Lord of the Rings, which has a similar, oh, we got to get this thing to the thing, right? We got to get this ring to, to like the, the difference being is that they have time to develop characters. Like a good movie has a, like a plot that, that is like that. Sometimes they're just going after a MacGuffin, but they take the time to develop characters and character arcs and story arcs. Well Whereas said. this didn't really have that because they were just going from fan service thing. Oh, let's run through book Brooklyn uh, and side scroll it. Like we do a video game. Oh, uh, so good from those moments, like one after the other. And it doesn't really kind of take a break in between to develop anything, which again, like I was saying, I'm not mad about because I, I, it wasn't really anything that I was expecting, you know? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. So, I just like, that's why I call that. it I've... like cinematic event. More yeah. So I than found like, movie that there was development like we saw like the the development between luigi and mario and how luigi really looks up to mario and he kind of needs him yeah, that's a good because point. That's he's nice. so afraid without him and the developments that happen there and you kind of see um the development with peach and you find out that ooh, where did she come from like mm-hmm. why do the toads like i don't know i, I thought it was all that. there yeah that that was yeah. all there but it doesn't mean that it wasn't thin that it doesn't mean that it didn't like kind of you know it, it could have maybe stretched itself out if it wanted to. Yeah. But I I did you say in your review too, Brian, or did it get cut out that uh, it could have been a little bit longer than an hour and thirty minutes? Did you say that? No, did I, I didn't I say that. that I think I said that in my last review. I, I said that in Dungeons and Dragons. Actually, I thought Dungeons and Dragons could have easily have been like yeah. uh, almost a three-hour movie, and I wouldn't have been mad. But that's another. I feel like thing. they could have given this movie an extra fifteen minutes, and maybe it would have had that extra mm-hmm. character development that that uh, that most people wanted. Um, yeah, unusually concise for a twenty twenty three movie. The the thing that I was bummed about was I wanted more Luigi and Mario time. I feel like Luigi was so sidetracked in this movie that like you really didn't get to see him that much. And Charlie Day played him just great. I thought. Mm-hmm. Art's got his hand Art. up, but he's also muted. What do you What do you want, Art? Well, I was just waiting till you guys finish there. Uh, I'm kind of mad at the critics and the oh. uh, tomato meter on this because if this is where if this is the way we're going to like judge movies, uh, what this movie isn't. It's not a Pixar film. It's not into the spider-verse animation it's um it's what it is is a fun movie it doesn't have to be pixar up uh and yeah maybe the plot isn't like that maybe it's a little bit thinner but what it is is it pays homage to everybody to you know to 60 uh, to all the super mario games and everybody who loves that who are in the theater to see that um, and I, I just think that there, we're setting a bit of a dangerous precedent here when you are looking at the tomato meter and looking at this at 57% and wondering whether or not to go to the theater to see this because this movie was a lot of fun and it was everything that I wanted it to be is it, you know, The Dark Knight? No it's, <laughs> it's just a movie that I want to go have fun and watch and it succeeded in that so is it 90 percent on the rotten tomato maybe not but it's it's a lot higher than 57 i think again 
we, we keep having this discussion about the tomato meter and I, I'll I'm going to keep going back to the answer is that like if you're just looking at the number you're you're using the tomato meter wrong mm-hmm. you got to click on the actual reviews and read the actual reviews and look at the context of what they're saying in the actual reviews because a lot of the critics they had this like, similar things to what I said um, they didn't shit on this movie, not not necessarily. A lot of like a lot of the lines that you see in those kind of one line, um, uh, in that one line like column, that section where you see all the reviews, they're like maybe their hardest hitting lines uh, in their written review. But they're, they're those reviews are like five hundred words, and they have like context that explain their thoughts. Uh, so like we can't keep using the tomato meter as a oh this got fifty seven percent that means bad movie you know you got to read some of these thoughts yeah yeah and i think it goes back to what this whole conversation we had another time about how the tomato meter works and nobody understands that the critics reviews are binary and well i still have that like and that's and that's because I remember I wasn't there when you when you quoted me on that, Kirsten, but I, I – because um, I was saying I'm, I'm not 100% sure how it works. This is how I think it could work. Um, it might not work like that. It might – like it could be just that like, you know, maybe they're giving it a, a rating out of whatever, out of five or whatever, and then that determines whether or not it's a splat or it's a freshness tomato or whatever. Well, I feel like you're going to get your uh, critic thing soon, Brian, and you can let I already applied. The, uh, the application process is closed, so I'm, I'm just yeah, I haven't heard. Yeah, so. it, there, there's a lot of the trash. There's a lot of trash movies out there that have gotten a lot higher than fifty-seven percent. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, I only brought up the number because of the disparity between the critical reviews and the audience reviews, because uh, it I am seeing very much that in the reviews. Some of them are incredibly favorable, and some of them are quite cutting. Mm-hmm. But you know why though? Um, you get that disparity and 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 it's kind of like what i was saying in my review is that it's sort of quality of what would be like a traditional story in a movie versus fan service right and if if you got if you've got people that are fans that wanted to rate this movie and you have a lot of them that had watched it and this is full of fan service because we got to see basically everything we wanted out of a mario movie like on a big screen yeah of course that's going to be way higher than um the critical reviews yeah well i consider myself one of those people though i'm not a fan i don't play video games Mm -hmm. i know of mario but I went in there and I saw the kids having fun and I had fun along with the movie. So mm. it's a fresh movie in my opinion. Yeah, I wonder if a lot of these reviews are coming from fans that wanted maybe a little bit more. Um, what were you going to say there, Carson? I thought they did a really good job at the beginning of setting up Chris Pratt for the next hour and a half of this movie. And, and Paul, yes. we're, I can't wait to hear what you say about this. But starting it off with the commercial, with them doing the original accents, and then, mm. you know, the joke like, why did you guys do those accents? Oh, do you think we took it too far? And then having literally the first person that you see reacting to the commercial be Charles Martinet, like yeah. playing Jumpman. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so him good. being like, no, it's not the too far. Woohoo. And like, literally every Mario catchphrase. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, now Chris Pratt can be Chris Pratt's Mario. What What did you think, Paul? How, is it a hate crime officially? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> 
First, can I just say, in general, I think you all are making really great points. I think you're as much as you all are kind of like flying in all different directions and disagreeing with each other, I think you're all kind of right. You know, like I agree with Brian that there could have been more development. I agree with Kirsten that they kind of gave us more than we've ever seen before. You know, there was there was some quiet moments where, you know, it's like Mario's dad is mean to him. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that's what like drove him to uh, be good at jumping, uh, you know, and that, that then he, he would have that in common with Donkey Kong. Okay. Mario's dad, by the way, also played by Charles Martinet and his yeah. visual style was based on previously unused character designs from Nintendo. There you go. And and I also think Art is right that it's not a Pixar movie, but it could have been. And I think that if that tomato meter score is low, and it's, it, it is because so many critics are, you know, like around our age and did grow up, like just loving so much Super Mario, living through the disappointment of the 90s live action movie, and then wanting it to like redeem and like really make this character so enjoyable in this movie like i've heard mario described recently as the modern day mickey mouse you know just like this 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 character that is so beloved and so well known and this was our chance to get him super duper right and put him in a movie that works both as an event and a film and I think that, you know, Brian's right in his review where it does fall a little short of that. And Art, to bring up Pixar, it's just like, I kind of think this is Illumination's fault. I think that Illumination has been making their mm-hmm. their minion type of crap for so long that, mm-hmm. you know, compared to the, the level of quality you get with Pixar is, let's face it, absolute crap. And, and, and in the hands of Pixar, working with Nintendo... I really wonder how much better this movie could have been with that extra amount of care and attention and heart that Pixar clearly puts in to their films that Illumination, I'm sorry, just doesn't. Uh, I wonder, I don't think it would have been too different, but I think that Brian's and, and the other critics criticisms would be gone. Uh, I just and I mean, that would have been so much more convenient because then Super Mario World would have been in California Adventure and we don't have to drive all the way down <laughs> to Universal Studios. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine? So yeah. whatever the business dealings about that are, it's a shame because I agree it could have been just a little bit better. Okay, Chris Pratt. Wrong choice. I think he was the wrong choice. I still, after watching the whole movie through, I don't think he did a terrible job. I will rewatch the movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I did. He, I think he did a fine and serviceable job, but he's still Chris Pratt, and it's still, after the whole thing now, I still think it was the wrong choice. I don't think it was quite a hate crime, but <laughs> I, I don't, I think there could have been a better choice. I don't know who that is and I don't know what, but there are Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh, jeez, don't start. Was he Pikachu? <laughs> He's already yeah. Pikachu. <laughs> that's right. He, he didn't distract me, which I appreciate that. Yeah. Him. So that's kind of, that's setting the bar low, but yeah, he didn't distract me. And and again, maybe it was just the way it was written and the way it was 
directed and maybe Chris Pratt in the hands of Pixar would have been better. I don't know. Uh, I, I think they did everything they could to, you know, like you said, with, with all the Martinet, Martinet uh, cameos there and the way they played that, they did everything they possibly could to mitigate whatever feedback or whatever pushback they would against, against it, but still don't quite think it was quite right. What's really funny is like all this pushback, all this shit, whatever about Chris Pratt, who is putting on a voice. He's mm. not just Chris Pratt, except then absolutely nothing about Seth Rogen as Seth Rogen. I mean, Donkey Kong. Like, James, <laughs> <laughs> like, no oh voice God. at all. Yeah. He oh is just Seth Rogen. But that fit the character. And same with Jack Black <laughs> as Bowser. It fit. And Charlie but Day Jack was puts like... on a voice as, as Bowser. Like, the, he is putting on a performance as Bowser. Nice it does Bowser. sound like Jack Black, but... Yeah. It is there. And whereas Seth Rogen is literally reading the lines as himself. What if Charlie Day was Mario? Would that have worked? Huh. Mm. Maybe Mario and Luigi? Uh, he, I can't, that's he an could interesting, probably pull that off. But. That's an interesting yeah. conundrum. Yeah. I, that might work. Yeah. That might work. I like that. Yeah. Like the, the, the Brian. one thing that really bumped me about Chris Pratt, and this has come from the guy that's been defending him against Paul from Paul this entire time. <laughs> this whole time, yeah. Defend Chris Pratt's honor now, please. Yeah, well, the, the the one thing that bumped me about it was it was more so. It wasn't even like the the Mario kind of Charles Martinet Italian accent. It was the Brooklyn accent sounded so forced. <laughs> yeah. A little on that, yeah. Yeah, and you know what, too? Oh, I, I remembered this point. I'm so glad you brought that up, Ryan, because I kept... Uh, I mean, obviously, it's Mario and Luigi and the, and how they're, like, you know, interacting and they're, I got to find my brother and all that. Mm. Kept saying brother, hard T-H, no one from Brooklyn, and certainly not Italians Good from brother. Brooklyn oh, would ever right. say brother like that. Yes. It's brother. I gotta find yeah. my brother. Okay, even I fucking do that, and I'm not from Brooklyn or am that Italian. And you okay. don't even have a brother. Like, and I don't even have a brother. <laughs> okay, but like that, that, and and again, like for it to be such a major plot point in the movie, I have to find <laughs> my brother. Like just the way they pronounced that, it was, it was, it was perfectly. Oh nope, wrong. Uh, ooh, mm, bumped, bumped, mm. bumped, and yeah, I agree. I just they didn't they didn't nail it in that way. I was like, has Chris Pratt ever been to Brooklyn? Could you have <laughs> spent six months living in Brooklyn? <laughs> like, <laughs> just hang out at the local pizza place and listen to how these guys talk. Because seriously, and and it, and it comes across very phony as well when you see him in interviews. And he's like, we really wanted to tell the story about these working class brothers. It's like. <laughs> Get out of here. You don't know what a plumber does. You don't know what working class is. You're just like, <laughs> you, you sound so Hollywood when you talk like that. Yeah. And, you know, you clearly, yeah, didn't, I don't know, do anything to really immerse yourself in that, in that world. You're just kind of doing a, uh, a video game impression. The other thing that I have to say, and I, this credit, I think, goes to Nintendo again in having their hands in here so that Illumination couldn't mm. do the usual shit, is... I still did not like the use of popular music yeah. in this movie, mm. but it is way more sparse than a regular Illumination movie where it's like every two yeah. minutes there's a new, you know this song. Um, so they only did it a couple I think times. you were just watching Sing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was watching Sing. Wait a minute. Um, they only did it a few times. 
So it was used very sparingly. Um, but I really liked that they had a real orchestra reorchestrate all of the Mario songs. Like mm-hmm. they, they if you looked so at well the end done. of the credits, yeah. they had they redid all those songs and they did them for the movie. And I thought that that was really cool and they slightly modernized them, but you know, they're still the songs we know and love and that I wish it was more of that and less of whatever was in there, ACDC or something for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, I uh, like every time a song came on like that, a pop song, I was like, uh, I, I immediately would have this re- like off bad reaction. I'd be like, okay, maybe just it won't be so bad. Come on, relax, <laughs> relax. Okay, it's maybe it's adds to the fun of the oh, movie. And then it would be like, nope, nope, nope. And especially when you do uh, think, like when they did put those uh, those little you know, musical cues in there. Like when they go in the sewer for the first time and you kind of hear the like, you know, like that thing, which is, it's just like, guys, you have the greatest bar none head and shoulders above every other video game Pantheon soundtrack, not just like from all the games, you know, all the games, all the games of, of choices. Just put that, just find, just find it. Sound, I don't, find a music cue that works from all of those choices and put that in the movie. That's what tickles our brain, not ACDC. How are you, why? No. Yeah. What, what was the bad one? Holding holding out for a hero? Oh. I hear that every, oh, yeah. every. Brian, I wanted to look at you yeah. when that oh. came on because do you still think of, what is it, Flashdance? Foot, what movies? Footloose. Footloose. Not Shrek. Do you still think of Footloose? <laughs> <laughs> or are you going to think of this movie now? Yeah. I'm still probably going to think of Shrek. <sighs> I still oh, it can't be done any better than Shrek, right? They should just, ah. that's it. Ah. That's it. You clearly Art. haven't seen the tractor chicken race in Footloose, Art. Oh I haven't. Oh <laughs> yes. Um, well, I impress. I impress easy. Y'all know this, um, but I went into this with the most skepticism I've had for a movie in a mm. long time. Wow. Like, Why? Mario is for me, for you, for so many people, like a a huge thing, and I was just so worried that it was going to be bad or cheesy. Um, but I held out some faith because Nintendo worked really closely with Illumination making this movie. And I was pleasantly surprised, but I was really not expecting that much. And maybe that's why mm. it worked for me. Like, mm. yes, it was still a bit cheesy. And yes, there was a little bit too many sequences of Jack Black singing. Um, but I, I th- again, Kirsten, like you said, the intro with the cartoony versus the real voices. Great establishment of that. Um, I thought Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach just worked. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will likely go again to this movie, which I never do wow. uh, in theaters. But there were so many little, as you say, Brian, fan service nods that uh, I know for as many as I caught, there's going to be uh, that many that I missed. But I highly enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Uh, for Paul's heart out, we have 15 minutes. Do we want to jump down, table a couple of these things for next week and maybe go to The Mandalorian? Oh, sure. Let's hit The Mandalorian. We'll do The Mandalorian now. We'll see if there's time at the end to do any of the other things we have for reviews and recommendations. But for now, Season 3, Episode 6, Chapter 22, Guns for Hire. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We have time for other things. This show. (laughs) Yeah, the review of The Mandalorian is, oh, boy. (sighs) Yeah. I uh, I called it in our Slack chat. I 
kind of called it this like this is maybe the jump shark episode yes agreed or shark that was episode. such a great way to put it brian you it were is. so right the yeah. cameo is like at first was like oh wow they got these people that's all yeah, yeah. okay that's what the yeah. it was a cameo for the sake of a cameo yep a side mission for the sake of a side mission mm-hmm. yeah very predictable payoff that's yeah. the episode yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, oh, oh, I, I, I should say first, uh, I, I watched the last two episodes back to back. So I was so sorry because I couldn't get in on the conversation last week because I didn't get to uh, comment on. Um, oh, uh, the pirates. The, yeah, the uh, Oscar Grouch trash monster fraggle pirate king. <laughs> it was <just> like <laughs> the trash heap. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought he was like out of Pirates of the Caribbean. Like yeah. he had like a Pirates of the Caribbean vibe. Totally. Oh yeah, right. But yeah. in a Muppet way. <laughs> I was kind of fun, but kind of silly. And I also it was like, and then they were all dressed like Pirates of the Caribbean pirates, kind of yeah. too. Like there, yeah. he straight up had like a Mr. Smee with him, who was wearing like <laughs> a did, tight did, sweater. Like amazing. I was like, what are you wearing sweaters for in space? Yeah. <laughs> this is so stupid. Space but, sweaters. And yeah. and it was. Uh, <laughs> Such a much better episode than the one that followed it. That one, yeah. it was fun and adventure and pirates and crashing ship and that was fun. Holy smokes! Um, yeah, exactly. Holy you smokes. know, you know that shows have jumped the shark. The Simpsons, very classically, instead of making good episodes, just started cramming in bad guest stars for the sake of having yeah. them, mm. right? And that's just been the hallmark of how The Simpsons has been for the last I twenty years. <laughs> Now we're doing this to Star Wars. Know. Now it's, that's happening were to these, Star Wars. Were these people's schedules just all free on the same day, or did we need all three? Like, I don't understand what happened well, here. One wanted to promote his Bowser. Yeah, yeah. One's on tour. Lizzo, yeah, apparently is a big fan and watched Star Wars with her dad and meant a lot to her. How yeah, sweet. Yeah, she, she, she is a legit longtime fan. Okay, she wasn't good in the episode, though. That was, that's she was very <laughs> bad. Very, very bad actor. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, I'm sorry, I like Lizzo, but holy shit. Also, no. think about the lines, though, that she was fed as, like, a not necessarily, like, actor, actor. She was given some pretty, like highbrow like words and things to say in concept like i think she was can i hold the baby well not that but (laughs) (laughs) the the political stuff that she was talking i was waiting for her to lizzo out though in her last scene go bye bitch (laughs) 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 would have been amazing that would have been great Uh, yeah yeah i mean look i'm glad for her that she's a fan but you know who else is a big fan of star wars me in like 1998 and uh i I would have also been absolutely horrible and ruined the episode uh and and also christopher lloyd what a waste! Yeah. That's the one guy in that episode that could have had a reasonable place in the Star Wars universe that has yeah. the chops, that has the look, yeah. that has whatever going on. Get, get, and and what did he end up being? Just like some like bureaucratic a security, security and then he's a criminal also and goes to jail. Yeah. That's what you do yeah. for Christopher Lloyd. Whoa! This better be like a hell of an origin story, and he, he's gonna fall in some goo and become like, <laughs> you know, the next emperor or something. I mean, because I think Jesus. he prefers ooze. <laughs> Holy! You know, you know who's not doing this series any favors either. Um, Kate Sackoff. 
as Bo-Katan. Like, she's not bringing any heat at all to this character. And she's now, like, become the main character. And uh, Mando is, like, the side guy on these side Mm. missions. Not wrong, actually. Yeah, Yeah. Katie Sackhoff's been really promoted. Yeah, but Bo-Katan is so much cooler in the animated series. I'm, I'm, but really, Katie Sackhoff, who I like, is uh, really not playing her with any uh, fizzazz, so to speak, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. The only thing that can save this show is Pedro Pascal. And it's funny because Pedro Pascal is in this fucking show, but he might as well not be. He's sort of been yeah. nerfed. Yeah, it's true. Need to see his face. You can't just because you look at the fucking credits of these episodes and it's like the Mandalorian. It's some dude. It's like, I don't even know if that's Pedro Pascal in there. Yeah, and fair. This is you, like the the whole fucking helmet thing needs to stop. Oh, it does. And that will save this show. But no, but yeah. that wasn't the problem with seasons one and two. We didn't mind it. We didn't. You know, it's like Pedro Pascal does a very, very good voice job. And yeah, Mandalorian yeah. in his helmet and this, in this, you know, silver Boba Fett costume and his little uh, Clint Eastwood shawl is great. It was great yeah. in the first two seasons. It's, yeah, you right. know, it's that's not the problem. But I'm he, just, I'm not saying it wa- It wasn't. I'm just saying it's at this point the only thing that can save it. Yeah, po- potentially. If I'm Pedro Pascal, though, I don't want to put my face in this trash. <laughs> Seriously. So I, there's just a lot of problems going on with this season and, um, yeah, it's just. It, I think it's just because they just wanted to crank it out, crank and crank and crank. It's it's just too much. You had something really cool going, and then you just be, because you wanted to keep it going forever, and now it's trash. Well, that's that. It's distant second in this uh, this opening theater weekend to the Super Mario Brothers two hundred and four million dollar uh, opening was Air colon courting a legend uh, second place with twenty million <laughs> United States dollars. Art, you saw it. Yeah, I went to the theater in the middle of the day yesterday this, uh, by myself, and I'm so happy that I supported this film because it uh, was everything that I wanted to be. Well-directed, well-written, well-acted, and just a delight. And I think it's a return to form for Matt and Benny, you know? They, uh, they have undeniable chemistry on the screen but ben affleck doing what he does best directing and matt damon doing what he does best leading uh together they are they are very strong and this this movie if you don't know what it's about it it, it's about the creation of the air jordan shoe and the line and uh everybody knows how it ends for the most part i think mm-hmm. i think you all do most of you do yes. um, uh but if you don't know it's it started in the mid 80s nike was not a player really in the basketball shoe game they were behind converse who had larry bird and magic johnson and adidas this german company that um was had the highest sell uh, had the most sold uh, basketball shoes at that time had the highest market share and uh nike basketball wasn't a big thing and uh uh sunny vaccaro who is the lead who matt damon's role he basically uh you know told nike that they had to get michael jordan he was a visionary he was ahead of his time he saw that michael jordan was who he was going to be mm-hmm. um but 
I think the story is like, yes, it's great. Michael Jordan doesn't really play a part in this movie, which is kind of crazy because that is crazy. It, wow. Yeah. It's about his likeness, but it's it's really it's about everything that um, that led up to the moment for him making uh, the decision to go to Nike and Nike making the decision to create a shoe uh, for a player and not the other way around. Um, so, a, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and there's there's a famous line in it, which is said a couple of times in there, where it's like, it's just a shoe until Michael Jordan puts his foot in it, right? And uh, <laughs> I, I love it. And it's, it's really, it's one of the greatest, uh, I would say, business deals ever. Um, and it changed the way companies shared revenue with uh you know athletes when it came to endorsements um because before it was just oh uh here's how much money we have to to pay you annually um we get all the sales on the shoes michael jordan's mom uh made it a point of contention that everything that he every shoe that was sold or everything that with with his name on it uh they would get a commission for, and that's something they'd never done before uh, in these types of deals. So it, sh- it paved the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's awesome. I love it. I saw that it got 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score was right there, the wow, same thing. So wow, wow. You know, the critics loved it. I think it's the best movie so far this year. And wow. I get I get the feeling it's going to be up for Oscars. Whoa. Um, okay. God. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Thanks, man. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was the, there was one oh uh, another standout was uh, Jason Bateman and uh, Chris Chris Tucker who both bring like real heart to this movie Chris Tucker for whatever reason he only shows up for these like random movies after no a rush hour and he kills it in these movies <laughs> and he kills it in this one too guess he's able to pick and choose yeah and it's 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 a uh, it's also a love letter to the 80s too and i think uh, i think uh. it also pulls up the nostalgia heartstrings and i think it does a good job with its music i'm not a huge music guy as you guys know but i think they do well with the score in this movie and uh the set design's really nice too so uh hats off to ben and maddie you guys you did it again you bastards <laughs> great review great review art that's amazing oh man we're going to table two things, but I think we will end today with Kirsten's review of 65. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Brian also saw this yeah. with your family too, which isn't oh. for children. Well, we were going to see, because like I have said before, Kean's favorite thing since he was three was Jurassic World, right? Wow. He like, right. just likes to watch dining, dinosaurs eating humans. So yeah, I knew <laughs> we were going to watch it. We were actually going to watch this in theaters, but I'm kind of glad we didn't. Because it was a little bit more intense than Jurassic. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this movie, if you guys remember when the trailer came out, I went nuts for it. Mm. Because this movie, like, I am and Kian are the target audience <laughs> for this movie. <laughs> I love sci-fi. I love thrillers. I love Adam Driver. Fucking give me a dinosaur. This is what I want. So this many movie yeah. to take a quote from arts movie probably should have been a slam dunk for me. Uh-huh. Uh, it was not. Oh, it no. was not that. Oh, I no. did. It was like a five it was a serviceable movie this movie 
was an hour and 33 minutes. It was two minutes longer than the Mario movie. And I found myself checking my watch constantly. Oh, like, what wow. did this movie? It should have been like, you know, high stakes, 65 million, Adam Driver, future dinosaurs. Like, it just wasn't, though. I was like so astounded. And then I remembered that this movie is from the people that wrote A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. Which that movie is very quiet, right? And very <laughs> slow. It's a very slow Funny that. burn mm-hmm. movie. And there's not a lot of talking and there's not a lot of dialogue. And it's like they took a quiet place and then tried to make it into a dinosaur monster movie thriller. Mm. Which is not and quiet. my I think my big issue with it is you've got Adam Driver, he's crash landed on this planet, and then, you know, they pair him up with this girl, the other survivor of the crash. The problem is, the girl doesn't speak the same language as Adam Driver. Oh, no. So you've got two characters who can't fucking talk to each other. So it's quiet! (laughs) It's quiet! Uh, no. No, they don't talk because they can't communicate. And it's just like they didn't need that. Like you needed the the dialogue or you needed like some more of that and just the the them not understanding each other was dumb. And in a movie with dinosaurs, you need to have more survivors because some fucking people need to be eaten by these dinosaurs. <laughs> you want yeah. the lawyer on the toilet. You want the mm-hmm. the your what's his face from Seinfeld. Like you need more people. To up the ante of this movie. Exactly what I thought is like this lacked cannon fodder and had me sing. Because like the dinosaurs, when you do see them, they're a little bit more intense than you when the ones in Jurassic World. Yes. And accurate too. And pretty accurate. Yeah. But I found myself saying because there's only two survivors and they're trying to get off the planet. I find myself saying... Are there any dinosaurs in this dinosaur movie? <laughs> Which you would see more of if there was dino fodder, right? Yeah, exactly. If you had, if they, they had people to eat, of course you would see more of those. If they had people to eat. What an odd choice <laughs> so, then to not do that. Like how how silly to not realize. There were some very silly choices made. Yeah, very like just yeah. The the whole language barrier was a silly choice. The whole backstory with Adam Driver and his family and 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 his daughter and all that kind of stuff that's just leading to him being able to reconnect with this girl was like there were weird choices made with that as well that weren't even like properly fleshed out. Um, Mm -hmm. But like like Kirsten said, I thought it was like it was serviceable movie. But it was weird. And even, yeah, with the dinosaur parts, too. Like, yeah, granted, they were more intense. um, But there wasn't really much of a through line as well. Like, even, like, with with any of the dinosaurs, I think there's, like, one dinosaur that he he gave a, like, he managed to get away from it. A big, like, kind of, like, almost like the T-Rex of the thing. Mm. Uh, He gave it, like, a scar on its face. And, you know... You think, oh, they're just about to get away, but here comes the big dinosaur with the scar on its face. But now there are three of them. And oh, wait, nope, that was, is that the one with the scar on its face? Yeah, there's like zero through lines with any of these dinosaurs. So they weren't be, they weren't able, like, unlike Jurassic World, you weren't able to make them into like any sort of characters. uh, You know, they'll never be action figures, I guess. But yeah, it's, it was, it was kind of weird. Did Ken enjoy it for the dino, dino, bitey, bitey? 
Uh, I think he enjoyed Jurassic World a little bit more. Because uh, sure, this one, like the Dino Dino Buddy Buddy, was a little bit more intense. This kind of reminded me, uh, like, not the, the horror elements, but, like, the intensity of, like, say, an Aliens or whatever. Oh, like, oh. dang. Oh, it's kind of oh, like Xenomorphs, intense. right? Like, yeah, sure. Wow. That's sure. a great comparison. And this still movie had good. less of a plot than the Mario mm. Brother movie. Wow. <laughs> amazing okay friends we are right on time for paul's hard out we'll uh, table a couple of things for reviews and recommendations um kirsten james where can we find you on the internet uh you can find me at kirsten.james and also if you find me reviewing spicy chicken sandwiches more often it is because i'm pregnant but everyone Yay! already knew that so we don't <laughs> get the big reaction that we got last time but congratulations yeah. spicy chicken thank kirsten. you Paul Plastino. Are you allowed to have spiky seed chicken when you're pregnant? Don't. I'm not even going to Google it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> if baby desires the spicy bird. Um, get it, yeah. It's my heart out, so I'll just say, um, Art, how good was Succession this week? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> we don't we don't have enough time. This is no. This is a whole episode no, to it. talk about. That's why I tried to table it. Yeah, but we can't. Sorry, bud, can't do because it's it's just just really immediately right now we need to just give it the love. I don't want to get hard into it. I don't want to review it fully. Please don't spoil. And yeah, don't spoil anything because I saw it's like someone dies, and I'm like I don't want to know. So don't talk about that. It's just yeah, just something cataclysmic happens in this episode that. Ooh. Really does like just set up the, the the finale. You know, the last bunch of episodes, the last half of the season, which will wrap up this incredible show. But it was done so beautifully and yeah. so intensely. The acting, I mean, like it's game over for the Emmys. Like every single person on this Whoa. on this because of this episode will get an Emmy now. And the other thing too, just the way that it was done, the way that it like mm -hmm. unfolded so slowly, 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 like it really made you, like this this episode could have gone quicker and faster and been done, but like it really. It, it did capture in this really realistic way how drawn out this situation would have felt in real life. And then, and then these over the top, horrible, hated, hateful human beings that you've spent three and a half seasons now just hating it just humanized them. Whoa. That so is such an accomplishment. Intensely. Yeah. Oh my god. And and so yes, like it's a huge plot point that happens in this past episode for sure, but I think all the hype that's going on right now is way more about the writing and the acting that brought it to life. Would you agree, Art? Yeah, I think we're going to remember this episode as like a seminal moment in TV history. Everybody's yeah, going to remember me. that moment and I think that it's warranted and the way it was done is something like we've never seen on TV before. And Jeez. yeah, I think you're I think you're 100% right. Not only that, it sets up for the final episodes of this show so beautifully. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Looks like I've got 3 seasons of TV to catch up on to get to season 4 episode 3 Connor's wedding. This sounds amazing. Yeah, oh, and like goodness. as intense as this episode was too, you can just tell that it was it's actually a calm before the storm and that the the remainder of the season is just going to be 
storm. And, wild, and it makes the storm. third episode even better when you go oh, back and yes. watch the final few seasons of the third or, or is it the third episode, I yeah, think, or the second yeah. episode. Um, yeah, it makes it even better. So it's as uh, usually, you know, moments like this are left for the penultimate or the finale. But yeah. the, this show has kind of gone against the conventional storytelling all the way through. And uh, the writers uh, hats off to them for doing that and sticking with it. Yeah. So Dang. sorry, bud. Sorry to go back on you trying to table this, but th- this felt more immediate. I just wanted to get it out this this episode sure. this week, and then I won't bring Succession back until the season's over. I promise. I just really, <laughs> I really wanted to chat with Art about um, how great it was, and hopefully we did that without any spoilers for you. No, dude, that's totally fair. All right, Brian. Well, it's Paul's heart out, so I just wanted to review. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I was going to say, with Paul's heart out, he can talk as long as he wants. Yeah. <laughs> I did watch the Diane Sawyer, uh, Jeremy Renner interview, by the way. And uh, watch it if you, if we underestimated, I think, like maybe I think we minimized the extent of his injuries. Holy crap, holy shit, we ever. Oh my God. The way they described that. Uh, oh, yeah. it was, yeah. I anyway. can take a lot, and I got a little squiffy listening to a lot of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, those descriptions were pretty bad. Quite vivid. Did um, they say that he almost lost his leg? The Apparently, he got very, very squished by the, the tractor thing that, like, yeah. he, he kind of, like, Glenn, like, his eye popped out of his head. Yeah. Ah! But here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. A, a snowcat has, like, tires and then treads that are like twice as wide. He did not go under the tires. That man yeah. would have died. <laughs> but he also, what? because what I thought is that like he was actually, it was like there was snow to kind of cushion. That's true no, too. It was that's on true. asphalt. Oh it no, that's on, right. Ice. Ice yeah. and asphalt. Yeah. So there wasn't really a lot of cushion yeah. there. Like there wasn't like a snow bed that he ended up going under a little bit. No, dude got messed up. Yeah. Okay, wait, what did he go under? He, I don't understand. He didn't go under the tires? Okay, let's He went I, under I the treads the of snow caps, How about that? Let's, which are pulled by tires. Okay, now I do. But the tires to... are solid and heavy oh and have all the weight of the thing. The, the you know, the- I'm going to need a pitcher. Treads. Have, yeah, yeah. You, we, you can watch the thing. Okay. I'll just say Diane Sawyer hasn't lost her mojo. Everybody freaking cried. Oh okay. my god! Now let's rehash Succession again. Parks, Paul, where can we no, find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, and if you want to watch like kind of a fun <laughs> version of that, to check out this the is your Jimmy, the Jimmy Kimmel interview with Renner. It's 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 a moment because it's like this crazy harrowing thing that just happened, and then he's on a talk show to. You know, two, just over two months from then, laughing about it. It's it's pretty incredible. You can't stuff. see art, but Paul is making his way to the you button. See. Hurry uh, up! He's trying to. He's late Art Aronson. Echolocating some lips. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> God damn you! Son of a fuck! What? Yes. Webmeister Pod on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitch. You're terrible. This has been the Zones Geek Out Podcast, episode 235. Thank you so much for listening. Good God. Bye! The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.